My Daily Soul Trek, Podcast 20, Star Trek, the original series, Season 1, Episode 21, The Return of the Archons. Synopsis. The Enterprise is sent to Beta 3 to try to ascertain what happened to the Starship Archon, a Federation vessel which disappeared after passing by there 100 years before. What is an Archon? In the episode, The Return of the Archons, to the crew of the Enterprise, the Archons were the survivors from the Federation Starship Archon, which passed by Beta 3 100 years earlier. Yet to those on the planet, Beta 3, who resist Landru, the planet's computer-generated leader, the Archons were those who supported their efforts to overthrow him, and the crew of the Enterprise is now fulfilling the prophecy from the Archons that more would come and free them. More broadly, in the Gnostic system, Archons are the assistants to the Demiurge. The Demiurge is usually considered to be an evil lower deity, sometimes described as, quote, the craftsman responsible for the creation of the material world and the fallen state of humanity, end quote. Scholars have associated Archons with various types of negative attributes, everything from being, quote, fierce and troublesome, end quote, to, quote, blindly dedicated to power over matter, end quote to, quote, cosmic forces under the dominion of the demi-ergos or cosmic ignorance, quote, to bumbling, to having, quote, a negative role, being responsible for the flood, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the crucifixion of Jesus, end quote. Throughout C.G. Jung's collective works, there are scattered mentions of archons, various interpretations of meaning coming from different Gnostic teachings as well as astrological references and alchemical texts from various historic periods. However, in most aspects, archons are seen as disruptors or dark forces opposed to spiritual purity. And when Jung used the term archons, he seems to be associating them to a balancing of light and dark elements of a psyche, instead of giving preference to the light spiritual and the good. All that being said, for the purposes of examining this episode, Let's just consider an archon as an archetypal energy for disruption, a force that changes the objective of spirituality for perfection of the soul to the intent to accept and integrate both the light and dark aspects of our personality into our psyche. In the return of the archons, after the landing party has been on Beta 3 for a while, Mr. Spock describes what he sees, quote, This whole society is a machine's concept of perfection. Peace, but no soul. This is a soulless society, Captain. It has no spirit, no spark. All this indeed peace and a tranquility, the peace of the factory, the tranquility of a machine, end quote. Coming from the logo-stripping Spock, this is quite an indictment. However, when Captain James T. Kirk says that he must disrupt the society for its own good, basically finished the work of the Archons, Spock, for the first time, speaks of the prime directive of non-interference, which on his face would prohibit the actions that Kirk is contemplating. Kirk responds to Spock, quote, that refers to a living, growing culture. Do you think this is one? End quote. Thereby, Kirk is stating his reasons for his decision to play God, a demi-urge, or at least an Archon to bring humanity back to this planet's culture. After discovering that Landru is indeed a computer, and in an Eros moment of creativity, 
Kirk uses logos and logic against the mechanical brain and convinces it to self-destruct. In a caviar, disruptive, archon-like attitude, after the computer lies in ruins, Kirk tells the rogue lawgivers that they've been enforcing the will of Landro. Quote, you can get rid of the robes. If I were you, I'd start looking for another job, end quote. Kirk demonstrating that this line, that he is very comfortable embodying his role as the destructive force of the society. Incidentally, Star Trek lore tells us that the name of the Starship Archon came from a service club that Gene Ronberg belonged to at the Los Angeles City College that presented him with a small award on April 1st, 1940. No foolin'.